Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate. Pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Grammar Girl here, I'm Mignon Fogarty, and you can think of me as your friendly guide to the English language. Writing, history, rules, and cool stuff. Today, we're going to talk about how to write a speech and how to pronounce the word that's spelled A-S-K. Today, we're going to tackle two of the scariest things you may ever be asked to do, writing and delivering a speech. To help your next presentation go well, here are some quick and dirty tips for writing scripts and speeches. Tip number one, keep it short. Abraham Lincoln's Gettysburg Address is one of the most famous speeches in history, and it's just 10 sentences long. Of course, not every presenter can be as brief as Lincoln, and a two-minute speech wouldn't be appropriate if you've been asked to fill half an hour. Don't cut yourself short, but do fill your time with relevant material that'll keep your audience interested. Tip number two, take control of your listeners' expectations. A strong introduction is important whether you're writing or speaking, but it takes a lot longer to listen to a speech than to read an article, and it'll help your audience commit to your presentation if you start by telling them why it's important. For example, we're going to spend the next 30 minutes talking about the zombie apocalypse. Because if you're prepared for zombies, you're prepared for anything. It also helps to include an interesting anecdote or question to hook the audience. Like, did you know that FEMA recently released tips on how to survive a zombie apocalypse? Also, remember that your presentation begins as soon as you take the stage. Don't spend 10 minutes thanking everyone in the room before you get to the meat of your piece. A brief thank you is fine. Tip three, keep important information at the beginning of your sentences. Keep your listeners hooked throughout your speech by crafting your sentences in a way that grabs them at the beginning. When telling the audience something new and interesting, start your sentence with the most important information. Imagine Darth Vader telling Luke Skywalker, A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, I had a son, and it was you. (laughs) Putting the main subject and the main verb first in the sentence makes it far more interesting. I am your father. Tip four, finish strong. To help your audience walk away satisfied, finish by reminding them of what they've learned and, if appropriate, what you want them to do next. Zombies may not be lurking outside your door right now, but you never know when a disaster will strike. Build an emergency kit, make a plan with your family, and be ready to run if your neighbors come looking for brains. Tip five, write an outline, but don't stop there. An outline can be a great tool to help you organize your thoughts, but it's no substitute for a polished presentation. 
unless you're an incredibly gifted speaker with lots of experience, it's usually better to write out exactly what you're going to say. The professionals, politicians and actors who routinely give speeches, usually script everything, even their jokes and asides. Also, if you're writing for someone else, an outline certainly won't cut it, especially if the person isn't familiar with the material. Even though it's more work, writing a full script will make sure your speaker gets the information right and gives an engaging talk. Tip six, write with a conversational tone. Most of us don't write and speak the same way, and that's okay. But when you're preparing a speech or presentation, you should try to write the way you speak. You probably use contractions when you're talking. Don't be afraid to use them in your writing, too. That last sentence would have sounded stiff if I had said, do not be afraid, instead of don't be afraid. A few well-placed jokes or slang terms can also help you sound conversational. But don't use words or devices you wouldn't normally use. You might sound like you're trying too hard. Most of us don't listen to ourselves speak, so it can be hard to identify our normal tendencies without help. Record yourself talking about your topic. You can use your outline if you need a guide, but right now, don't worry too much about hitting all your bullet points. Instead, imagine a friend just walked up to you and said, Have you heard a zombie apocalypse is coming? How would you respond? When you listen to your recording, you'll probably find that you're more wordy when you speak than when you write. That's okay. Most people are. Also, you may find yourself addressing your friend directly, a technique that'll also help you connect with your audience. Tip seven, know your speaker. You've probably already heard the advice, know your audience. But when you're writing a script, it's just as important to consider who will say your words as who will hear them. If you're writing for yourself, it's easy, but if you're writing for someone else, you may need to adjust your voice and tone. You don't have to imitate people. They'll find ways to personalize the material. But do think about who the speaker is and the purpose of the speech. And don't write in a way that obviously doesn't fit the person's style and situation. Also, it's helpful to include pronunciation information for unfamiliar words and names, especially if the presenter isn't a native English speaker. If you include notes, be sure to put your notes on a different page or in a different font color so your speaker doesn't accidentally work them into the presentation. You may also want to use italics or underlining to highlight important words or points so the speaker knows what to emphasize. If the script will be published somewhere, though, remember to take out all those notes you included to help the speaker. Tip eight, practice, polish, and perfect. If you're the one speaking, whether you decide to read your talk, recite it, or speak from an outline, be sure to rehearse. Skipping this step can have disastrous consequences, especially if you're being recorded. But tip nine, stop worrying. To sum up, writing a speech is different from writing for print or for the web. You need to set your audience's expectations, write in a way that sounds like natural speech, and then once you've written the speech, you need to know it so well that you sound like you're speaking to a friend instead of delivering prepared material. It's scary to put your words out there for people to hear or say, but you can do it. If you care about your topic and speak with passion and authority, others will care about it too. 
That segment was written by writer and editor Erica Grotto. You can find her on Twitter as Bewerica with a K. Next, we have a tidbit about the word that's spelled A-S-K. You'll usually hear this pronounced ask, but sometimes you'll hear it pronounced as axe, with the S and the K sound transposed. Some people can get all agitated when they hear the axe pronunciation. They might be surprised to hear that although it isn't considered standard English, the axe version actually has a long and storied history that extends back through nearly a thousand years of the English language. Here's the scoop. The word ask comes from the Proto-Germanic word aiskoan, A-I-S-K-O-A-N, which evolved into the Old English word askian, A-S-C-I-A-N. From what we can tell, these words were probably pronounced with an S-K sound. However, the earliest references to these words that we can find in print reveal something different, a K-S sound. For example, the earliest citation for this word in the Oxford English Dictionary is spelled A-S-C-O-D-E, ascode. The second is spelled A-X-O-D-E, axode. Both indicate the K-S pronunciation. Based on these citations and many others, it seems that during the time when Old English was spoken, from about 500 to 1100 A.D., the axe pronunciation ruled the land. The ask version still appeared, but not nearly as much, and the use of axe continued steadily throughout the periods when Middle English and Early Modern English were spoken, that is, all the way up through the 1500s. In fact, we find it in Geoffrey Chaucer's Canterbury Tales and in William Tyndale's translation of the Bible into Early Modern English. Both of these landmark documents use the spelling axe, A-X-E. During this same time, a third variation of the word started popping up in print, one with more of an ash pronunciation. If this seems odd, remember that back in the day, spelling wasn't particularly standardized. The small subset of the population who could read and write spelled out words phonetically— Dictionaries literally didn't exist yet, so there were no references to guide people on correct and incorrect spelling. In any case, over time, something shifted. Speakers started moving from the KS sound back to the SK sound, the one used way back in the Proto-Germanic Iscoan, and they completely dropped the Ash version. That change is reflected in the King James Bible published in 1611 and Shakespeare's plays, which were written in the late 1500s and early 1600s. Why did this change happen? Why did the ask pronunciation win the day? We'll never quite know. As linguistics professor John McWhorter points out, quote, the people whose English was designated the standard happened to be among those who said ask instead of axe, and the rest is history, unquote. Today, the ask version is considered standard. But before you get up in arms about someone saying axe, remember that this pronunciation is an accepted part of some modern dialects and has a long and rich history in English, by the likes of Chaucer, no less. And at the rate our language is changing today, it may well come back around. That segment was written by Samantha Enslin, who runs Dragonfly Editorial. You can find her at dragonflyeditorial.com or on Twitter as dragonflyedit. 
Finally, I have a word story inspired by our recent humor writing episode. It's not a familect story like we usually do, but I thought you'd all enjoy it anyway. Hi, Mignon. This is Greg in Chicago. When I heard your bit about assonance in the episode on humor, I had to call and share the following. I direct children's choirs, and I've led workshops for children's choir leaders for years and years. One of the ways that we teach children about vowel sounds is by singing the words, I like little green bananas, to the tune of Skip to My Lou, like this, I like little green bananas, I like little green bananas, and so on. Then we ask the kids to pick a vowel, let's say I, then we say short I or long I, let's say they pick short I. So you change every vowel in the sentence to a short I, and you get E, the little green bananas, and another example, if you pick a long O, you get O, lo, lo, romanonos, and it really doesn't matter whether they're eight years old, 18, or 80, everybody that does this falls over laughing. Well, there you are. I just had to share this. Thanks. Thanks, Greg. Not only is that funny, but it seems to me like a great brain exercise, almost like Pig Latin or Ubby Dubby to quickly make all those vowel substitutions. Good job. Normally, at the end of the show, I share familect stories. Those are stories about words that your family has made up and uses, your family-specific dialect. If you want to share a story, you can leave a voicemail at 83-321-4-GIRL, and I might play it on the show. Also, I've gotten a couple of messages about my inaccurate pronunciation of Hebrew words and Spanish words, so thank you, and I'll try to do better. You actually would not believe how much time I spend listening to recordings of foreign words for this show and re-recording bits I got wrong, because if I don't listen immediately before I record, I still get them wrong sometimes, but I will try harder. I'm Mignon Fogarty, grammar girl and author of the New York Times bestseller, Grammar Girl's Quick and Dirty Tips for Better Writing. You can find me at the home of my podcast network, quickanddirtytips.com, where you'll also find all the other Quick and Dirty Tips shows, like Get It Done Guy. This week, he's talking about how to organize your ideas so you don't lose them. And thanks to my audio producer, Nathan Sims. That's all. Thanks for listening. Did you know Bridgestone developed a tire using 75% recycled and renewable materials? Making a difference today for future generations. That's what really matters. Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. Visit whatreallymatters.com to learn more. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate. Pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.